Welcome to the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences Residency Preparation Course Podcast. I'm your host, Karina Clemens. My doctorate is in education. I'm the Assistant Dean for Medical Education and a faculty member in the Department of Medical Humanities and Bioethics. Our guests today are Sara Tarek, MD, and Chelsea Wakefield, PhD. Our discussion today centers on the theme of learning and specifically the topic of growth mindset with a focus on several relevant readings, Couture et al, fostering the development of master adaptive learners, a conceptual model to guide skill acquisition and medical education, and Klein et al, a growth mindset approach to preparing trainees for medical error. Starting with a question of relevance, from your perspective, why is the topic of growth mindset important for medical students who will soon be transitioning to residency? Sara? Sure. Thank you uh, for having me. I'm really excited to be here and on the same platform with both of you. Um, You know, in my role as Associate Dean of Student Affairs, um, I I see this a lot, right? I see, I counsel a lot of students who come into my office having faced a new version of themselves. And that new version of themselves is oftentimes one that is not appealing to them, right? They see themselves and they've always seen themselves as high achievers. And they often equate that with, well, I'm just, I'm smart. I can do all of this and I can do it well because I always have. And they enter medical school where literally the amount of content that students have to learn is just overwhelming in such a short period of time that for the first time they are forced to see themselves as, oh, I'm actually struggling a little bit. And I think that shame that sort of weighs on their shoulders um, can really pull some people down, can really pull some students down. And the having a growth mindset, i.e. if you reference even Klein's paper, which I really enjoyed, is, you know, how we bounce back from failure is is really um, important and connected to how well we view success, because failure does not equal a lack of ability. And students often equate that. So I think growth mindset is really, really important throughout one's medical career, because, you know, as an internist, you know, when I, in my fourth year of medical school, I thought I knew what I was doing. I got this. And then in my intern year, I was right back at the bottom. And then in my, as faculty, you know, by the time I was a third year resident, I thought I'm, I'm really good. I'm, I got control of this internal medicine thing. I can manage patients. And then I become a faculty member and I feel like I'm right back at the, you know, my learning curve changes at different stages and transitions of our lives. And so I think it's, I don't think a lot of students realize that. Thank you. Chelsea? Yes, I agree with so much of what Sara just said. Uh, I do some supervision of third year residents. And one of the things that I notice, it, it, the same kind of thing where as smart kids, smart kids are so often praised for their intelligence rather than the process that they go through. And I'm even, I'm remembering years ago in math classes where the teacher would say, show your work. And I would think, what a waste of time, how aggravating. But part of the learning process is actually examining how we're thinking through, how we're applying concepts, how we're differentiating this from that. And in a growth mindset, 
when we quote unquote fail, it's an opportunity for learning. Whereas in a fixed mindset, it is an utter failure. It means that maybe we're no good at this. Maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Um, and these concepts, I believe, were originally put forward by a woman by the name of Carol Dweck out of Stanford, whose writing I very much appreciate. She wrote a book called Mindset, a number of other things. But it, instilling, and I think so much of this has to do with the supervision that medical students receive, instilling in them the, the idea that this is that you have got to be lifelong learners because medicine is going to evolve and you're going to find yourself in quandaries periodically. And so that quandary is an opportunity rather than to feel terrible about not knowing enough or having all the answers to go into an exploration of possible solutions. And uh, this, this focus on growth mindset also reminds me very much of a very old model, uh, Maslow's model mm. of unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence, which is really the most difficult place where we, we can readily fall into shame, where we suddenly realize we thought we knew what we were doing, but we really didn't. And then into examining and engaging in some deliberate practice and moving into conscious competence, where we have to pay a lot of attention in order to do things right. And then ultimately to become masters, where we actually become artists in what we're doing rather than just following a set of fixed rules. Mm -hmm. Thank you. From the readings, what stood out to you as important takeaways for medical students who will soon be transitioning to residency? Um, that's a really good question, Karina. For, there's many, many things. I think one of the um, things that's really important, and this is hard, it's easier said than done, but what's really in, interesting and important and indicative of success is how an individual will innovate in response to a challenge, right? How do you sort of reinvent yourself or how do you rebuild yourself when you're faced with a challenge? And in my world, that's usually an academic challenge, right? Or it is an inability to adjust to the third year of medical school because every six weeks, a student has to learn a new culture, a new language, a new way to practice. And that takes some flexibility that takes being comfortable a little bit with not knowing the first couple of days and really jumping on that growth curve, really jumping on that learning curve and embracing the fact that I don't really know a lot of, you know, I just finished internal medicine. I don't know a lot of OBGYN, but I am going to use my knowledge that I gained from internal medicine, apply it to OBGYN and then add to that knowledge, right? And it's that way in the fourth year as well. It's, you know, it's sort of, um, learning different aspects, learning about different aspects of, 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 of leadership that you're going to need to know as an intern and as a resident, learn how to teach medical students now. You know, the fourth year is a huge time of transition as you're sort of getting a little bit confident in your knowledge as a medical student and then realizing that you're really not prepared for intern year. So I think um, the learning curve and understanding what that learning curve is, understanding that it's different for each of us, understanding that just because my I might be a little bit faster in one area, I may learn more quick, you know, more quickly in one area, and you may learn more quickly in another area is okay. The problem that we see in medical school, right, is the fact that in order to learn, you need to be a little bit, there needs to be a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of healthy anxiety, but it also has to be a little safe. And many spaces in medical school in all four years 
are not very safe, don't feel very safe for students to say, I'm not really knowledgeable about this, or I'm really struggling with this aspect here, but I'm gonna figure this out, right? We expect in the third and fourth years that a student shows up on day one and they know how to do some of these things. And we're like, well, you don't know how to do that. Um, and so it's, it's about creating those safe spaces. And since we don't have a lot of those safe spaces, it, particularly in the third and fourth year, when you're literally on the wards taking care of patients or in the clinic or in the operating room, students have to, students who have this growth mindset will just, A, I think they'll probably perform better, but more importantly is that they, it is hoped that they will experience less anxiety and stress. So to me, that was a really big take-home point is, is learning to innovate and reinvigorate re your knowledge and gain new knowledge quickly in response to academic and clinical challenges. So in the article on fostering the development of master adaptive learners, there's a particular uh, paragraph that I'm gonna read that I think is so very important. It says, it's, it's about reflection and it says, a metacognitive process that occurs before, during and after situations with the purpose of developing greater understanding of both the self and the situation so that future encounters with the situation are informed from previous encounters. And the important part of that to me was greater understanding of both the self and the situation. And I think it's really important for medical students to begin to have self-awareness about what knocks the pins out from underneath them in terms of their well-being, their confidence, um, their self-esteem, et cetera, and, and where, what they use in terms of internal resources of self-encouragement, self-compassion, things of that sort so that they can keep going. And some of that will have to do actually as a psychotherapist with some of their early environments, whether they were, whether they were growing up in a shame-based, very critical environment where they really had to pedal hard to be okay and be accepted, or whether they were in a home environment and a young environment where people said, you know, this is not very good what just happened here. Let's talk about it, or let me show you how to do this better. Or, you know, when we're in, when we're in school, we don't hit people, we don't bite people, this is what we do instead. It's, it's, there's an arc of learning that will cause a person to be shame-based or non-shame-based. And I think that there are times when medical students would really benefit by doing some psychotherapy when they really get uh, unnerved by the, the sense that they're really falling behind and failing and the internalized voices that they have, that inner critic is really being hard on them. So again, an awareness of self is as important as an awareness of facts and procedures. Thank you. I really love the idea that you both have touched upon from different angles of growth as innovation of self and that it is, it is perpetual. From your personal perspective, could you tell me about your own experience with growth mindset? I remember an early experience that I had. I'd been put into a gifted class and the teacher asked a question and I answered it and I gave the wrong answer. And I remember it was the first experience of feeling completely humiliated because again, everyone in the, everyone in the class laughed. And I got very introverted about 
saying answers at that point in time. And I didn't get the kind of encouragement I would have loved to have heard. Um, isn't it great that Chelsea had the courage to give an answer when no one else would speak? Um, let's try to, you know, create an environment we, where we can toss forward ideas and then discover, you know, how those ideas might be improved. And I think so much of our education, I think we're in the midst of a sea change. And I hope that that is true in terms of how, how we are educating um, particularly postgraduate individuals, where they're really being encouraged to uh, fall down and get up, make mistakes and reveal their, show their work, show their thinking process. And it took me a long time, but I think because when I learned about um, how important it is and how much of the, how many gains that you can have in it, let's just say making a fool of yourself, giving the wrong answer, uh, messing up on something, and then learning what you can do to improve. Uh, there was a point in my younger life when I, I began to become more courageous and daring in terms of giving wrong answers, falling down and getting up. And that has been one of the most important elements of my entire learning process. And when I see that in people, I always try to encourage it because I think over time, these folks become our most innovative and masterful clinicians. Yeah, I agree, Chelsea. I think that's absolutely right. Um, and that's, again, that goes back to creating those safe spaces where people can say, yeah, I kind of messed that up. I, that wasn't right. And validating that without validating the answer, right? Validating without validating the incorrect answer, but validating the person. So I think that's really important and we don't have enough of those spaces for sure. Um, for me, I think an, an example in my life was actually fairly within the past five, six years where I was working really hard at my job and I was wanting to move up to the next position. And I had asked for that position and was denied that position for multiple reasons. And then I asked the next year and was denied for another reason. And then I asked the third year. And during those two or three years, I had to remind myself that um, this, that sometimes getting negative feedback or sometimes not getting the promotion that you think you need or want or deserve has to do with also incorporating feedback that's painful. Negative feedback can be really hard. Um, and so, but sometimes when you're, when you adopt the right mindset, which I think is a growth mindset in this situation, it is, the answer is, okay, I may not be, I may not have all the skills that are necessary right now, but I'm going to spend the next year growing those skills and cultivating those skills and fixing or addressing what others see in me as maybe not as where it needs to be, but I need to make, move myself up there. So when I, when I asked for this position and didn't get it, I could have either left, I could have felt sorry for myself, I could have gotten angry, or I could have searched deeply. And that's what I did, right? I searched deep and I had to really reconcile for myself. Where do I need to improve here? What are people seeing about me that I can't see? And that was really valuable. Um, some of that was part of the leadership course that I took, ELAM, the Executive Leadership for Academic Medicine, where I they give you a coach. 
And so I had an executive coach telling me and sharing with me some of the feedback that was given to me by my supervisors. And so I think trying to, it's this constant sort of self-improvement. And I don't mean it for it to sound like constant as in it's exhausting, but a different, you'll come to different points in your life where you say, I've got a lot of learning to do. This is a new field in my career or a new trajectory in my life, or, a, or now I'm a resident and I have an MD behind my name and I have a different sense of responsibility and I really got to step up. Knowing that I will, there were, there's going to be some bumps along the way. I'm going to make mistakes that I need to embrace and acknowledge if that's accurate and then learn from that. I really appreciate both of you sharing those personal experiences of growth mindset in your, in your own lives. What advice would you give to medical students who will soon be residents on growth mindset? One of the bits of advice that I think I would give them is that life balance actually is important in every chapter of our lives. And they really need to find ways that they can step out of the pressure and replenish themselves and uh, restore their sense of well being by choosing good people to be around, by eating well, by moving their bodies, by having good relationships, and really looking at the totality of their lives. It is very, very easy to get completely overwhelmed in both medical school and residency, and it, it, it goes on for years. Um, one of the things that I have noticed in individuals who get out of residency and then go right into practice, and because I do so much marital work, is there's this idea that once they get out of residency, life will be better and their relationships will be better, but they have gotten into such a habit of neglecting their, their home life or their primary relationships that they just roll over and continue in the same. And so I'll, I'll see them maybe five to 10 years later in my office working with them on their marriages. Yeah. So it's very important, uh, again, to really evaluate. I, I almost like to call it return on investment. What are the things that we can do in our lives when we're extremely busy that will replenish us, restore us, uh, reconnect with partners, and to, to balance our life in important ways? Um, there's a, a book that I really like very much. It's called Stop Physician Burnout, and it's by Dyke Drummond, a doctor, and it's got a lot of wonderful, wonderful tools for keeping yourself uh, okay while you're going through this very stressful time. So that's one bit of advice that I would um, that I would give to people. And I would also just really work on that internalized voice in, of encouragement. Like you don't have this yet, but good for you for keeping at it. Good for you for giving it another try, for seeking more information, for reading, you know, that, that internalized voice of encouragement is very, very important. I think that's really good advice, Chelsea. I would, um, I wish I had had that thought about that advice when I was in residency too, because it's hard. Um, I happen to have a very uh, understanding spouse who really stepped up to the plate in multiple, multiple spaces, um, which really helped a lot. In addition to what you said, I would add, you know, I would really encourage new interns and residents to 
think about the frame in which they view mistakes. You know, I remember first month of my second year of residency, I was in charge of a team and I missed a, a very serious case of meningitis. I had admitted the patient overnight, put them on the right medications, and they neurologically were deteriorating in two or three hours. And I didn't see it as quickly as I should have. The patient did fine. There was you know, multiple processes to make sure that that didn't happen. But I still remember that day, right? I remember that I made that really big mistake. And I be, it, there was a lot of shame around me uh, making that mistake. But the advice that my residency program director gave me when I went to her that following day or the following day after was, she said, um, you have to see yourself as a work in progress. And I saw myself as a work in progress in the intern year because I was just an intern. But I, I think I imagined that there would be something magical that happened between the one week between intern year and residency, being a resident, that I should be different. Um, that I should be, you know, I can't, there's no, there was less room to make mistakes. And in a way there is less room to make mistakes, let's be honest. And that's the dance. That's the complicated dance that we have to uh, navigate is, yeah, the stakes are really high and you're gonna make mistakes. And the system may not help you in being perfect. You know, the system, there aren't enough stop gaps in the system. And so I think seeing yourself as a work in progress is really, really important because that really helped me overcome the shame that I was at risk of being swallowed by, right? I mean, that was serious with that patient. And my attending was really understanding. And, you know, was it a level five mistake? No but it was a level three mistake for sure. You know, it did not impact the patient outcome. Everything was fine. Was there a delay in treatment by two to three hours? Yeah, I could, I needed to change an antibiotic dose. I needed to make a couple of changes and they didn't happen for three hours. So it was sort of a, a level three or level four mistake. But um, I think seeing yourself as a work in progress and that work in progress really continues um, as Chelsea mentioned beyond residency, truly. Thank you. Your discussion of the connection of wellness, rest, and personal relationship health, both with others and also our personal relationship with ourselves, really resonated with me and likely will with our listeners as well. Thank you to our guests today and our listeners. We hope that you'll be able to join us for another episode of UMS's Residency Preparation Course Podcast. Take care. <music>